Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today, we have the lovely Jennifer Trace as our guest. How are you, Jennifer? I'm good. How are you, Tammy? We we are enjoying um, a lovely fall day and watching all the stuff about the pot legalization today. <laughs> yes, it's a very exciting day for Canada. There's there's so much hullabaloo, and I'm wondering how much of it is actually going to pan out to be anything. <laughs> no, it's true. So, Jennifer, why don't you tell us about your business? Uh, okay, so I run a salon called The Refinery. We are a new salon. We've only been open about five months. We have six stylists, well, six chairs, four stylists at the moment and growing. Um, and then we have two aesthetics rooms, uh, one doing waxing and tinting and things. Um, the other is uh, laser services, such as laser hair removal and skin rejuvenation um, and facials and things like that. So all the stuff to make a woman feel beautiful and sexy. Yes. Come get refined at the refinery. Yes, get refined at the refinery. <laughs> and what is your family situation, Jennifer? Uh, I am a blended family uh, with my husband, Adrian, and we have four kids between us. My son, Ryan, is eight, and his son, Finn, is 10, his daughter is 15, and his oldest, Jack, is 17. I had to think about that for a second. They're getting so big. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to keep track. I'm very lucky I only have one. It keeps it so simple. Yeah, yeah. I went from one to four, so it got real complicated real fast. Well, what were some of the lessons you learned about money as you were growing up? <sighs> I didn't really learn many lessons, except that we didn't really have any money. <laughs> um, I was actually you know, very ignorant of finances and how money worked and things like that as I grew up. Um, I remember when I was 18 and working at the Bay and had to get a Bay card to get my staff discount. It was the first credit card I'd ever had. And in my mind, if you didn't have all the money to pay off your credit card, you just didn't pay it. I had zero concept of the idea of a minimum payment, which didn't really go over well, obviously, with the collections department. <laughs> no, they're going. You're gonna you're gonna start getting phone calls pretty quickly. <laughs> so that was a bit of a hard learned lesson. Um, 
you know, my mom, God love her. She was just a single mom raising three kids with, you know, minimum wage jobs or on welfare at times. Um, you know, she was doing her best that she could, obviously, but, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of room for learning lessons about money at that time. When you're fighting just to survive and keep your family clothed and with a roof over their head and food in their tummies, uh, a lot of things have to fall to the wayside. I think financial planning is one of them. Unfortunately, it's probably when it's the most necessary, but it's probably when it's the least done. Well, they, they, they do do an awful lot of stuff. I was actually reading um, a big study probably about a month ago where they were talking about people that are in financial straits, like the single mom who's doing everything she can, just keep food on the table and the roof over their head and stuff. They're, they're, they're forced into such short-term thinking that it actually affects their brains. And then as soon as they actually, if, if they're given some extra money so that they can take those pressures off, okay, I don't have to worry about rent is looked after in two days. I'm not in an absolute panic mode. Their, their brain changes and they can actually start going back into more long-term thinking. But when they're always in crisis mode, it actually negatively affects the thought patterns because they can't think of anything other than the immediate imminent problem. Well, and then when I, over time, I suspect that when those thought patterns have literally changed their brain, if they ever get out of that situation, it's hard for them to probably relearn the idea of long-term planning. Yeah, because they just, you get stuck in this, this is, this is how you've always had to react to survive and different things like that. And it, it builds up those neural pathways and it makes it much harder to break them the more you have to live. Yeah. And I see that with my mom, actually. She, um, a few years back, her uncle passed away and he never married, never had kids, did wise investments, you know, had a fair amount of money. And literally my mom was the last family left pretty much. And so she inherited everything. And for her, that all of a sudden having this financial security of these, you know, investments that just rolled out a monthly paycheck, pretty much. It was, you know, she didn't really understand how to like, she's got money in her bank account, she just wanted to go spend it. You know what I mean? And having to sort of relearn that way of living or I should say, not relearn it, learn it for the first time in her 60s. You know, it was it was very difficult for her to kind of change her thinking. And we definitely saw her make some very spontaneous purchases. We we're like, Mom, I don't know if that's the best idea. <laughs> and uh, But she's, you know, definitely started thinking more long term now that it's been a couple of years and she's been able to kind of settle into that way of being. And And what are some of the things that, like you said, that she's been learning? Because like, when you were growing up, she was just putting everything into just basically survival mode. So what are some of the things that you've been seeing her learn over the last few years now that she doesn't have to live in that survival mode? Uh, well, definitely with the idea that, especially since most of the money was already invested, um, learning <clears throat> that leaving that money alone and allowing it to provide for you is you know, a better long-term way of thinking um, because the way that they were set up is just that a certain amount would come out every month and be deposited into the bank account. And that was basically just sort of a monthly pension that would just kind of come. And so because that was already set up, 
it was able to just demonstrate it to her without her actually having to make those choices. Um, so I think it was much easier for her to learn that than had she just inherited a whole bunch of money, like actual liquid money, and then have to make those decisions on how to invest it. Yeah, so she 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 basically was was given a golden goose, and she just has to be patient and harvest the eggs. Yeah, and just leave it leave it alone, right? And you know, when things come up for maturity, she's you know given the option of you know just reinvesting it or pulling some money out or what to do with it. But it's sat there long enough that she understands the value of leaving it alone and not just surviving. Have 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 your kids noticed any of like the change in grammar or anything like this, or or was this when they were young enough that it, that it just that's how it's been? Um, my son was definitely too young to understand that. My nephews, uh, who are now just about eighteen and twenty, um, you know, they definitely see a difference. Grandma's a little more generous around birthdays and Christmas, that's for sure. <laughs> Which they probably just hate. Oh, it's just <laughs> awful for them, yes. They yeah. definitely ask for much larger Christmas presents, which my sister and I are like, Mom, seriously, <laughs> no, don't buy them a laptop. <laughs> but, you know, she wants she wants to do for us and for them what she never could before. So us having to kind of have conversations with her about, like, you need to pare it back, you need to, you know, you don't have anything to make up for, you know, you, you did the best you could then. And, you know, we appreciate the gesture, but it doesn't mean you have to go over the top now. Um, so, I mean, the kids certainly see that, but what they're learning out of it, I'm not too sure. You'd have to ask my sister, but <laughs> I've had to have, you know, definitely some real honest conversations with my mom about, you know, her will and power of attorney and things like that, making sure that she has all the things set up that need to be set up before that time of her life comes so that... Which you never you never know when that time of life is going to no, come. No, you don't. I mean, it could happen to me tomorrow and she could last another 20 years. You don't know, right? But, you know, just making sure she's got her ducks in a row that... uh you know, it doesn't fall to us to then, because you never know what happens after someone leaves. Family can go kind of cuckoo bananas when there's a lot of money involved. Yes, if it if it's not planned for properly, and it can cause. I, I unfortunately have seen more families destroyed by lack of or improper estate planning than anything yeah, else. Yeah, and I think that that's really important, and that's certainly something that my husband and I have, you know, especially being a blended family, it gets very complicated. Much more fun than the normal, than, than just simple one mom, one dad, one set and of kids. And goes to the kids, right? So he wants certain things to go to his kids, and certain things go to my son, and, you know, certain things go to each other, and, you know, so that was that was very complicated, and having honest conversations between us and certainly um, Ella and Jack who are 15 and 17, they're at an age where they can understand some of this. So we have talked to them about the importance of a will and, you know, life insurance. And Jack asked us a couple of weeks ago, he's like, so do I need a will? Like I'm turning 18 this year. Like, is this something I need? We're like, yes. If you have things of value, yes, I suppose. But 
it, it's not it's not even that a lot of and, and I teach this people do not understand if you are 18 years of age or older and like legally on your own you're not mentally or, or physically um, incapable so that you need guardianship you need to have those documents. Because a lot of people think that just automatically the parents and stuff will be able to. If you don't have your documents in place and something happens, like I have a client whose uh, 19-year-old son was in a motorcycle accident and didn't kill him, but he suffered a severe brain injury, even though like it was a bad accident, even though he was wearing a helmet. And it added so much time and grief and legal problems because he was a legal adult, but he hadn't done any of this, so the parents had to go through all sorts of extra hoops just so they could legally help him and start taking care of him. Yeah, make decisions for him. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, even if you don't have a quote-unquote will, having that power of attorney and the personal directive set up so that who makes medical decisions, who makes financial decisions for you is in place... It's, it is very important because I certainly wouldn't want, you know, somebody coming in and wanting to make medical decisions for me that doesn't know what my wishes are or what I would want. Or who can, or even who can make those decisions because if in a situation like that, it's, it's very emotional. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of things that go on, and it's just it's just a mess. So yeah. it's like if you are a legal adult, getting these three documents, it's a simple thing. It is really quite simple, and especially if it's not complicated like us with a blended family and investments and assets and da 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 da. At that age, you know, you go to what you go to what the registry, and you can pick up a will kit. Oh, you never, never do those. Oh, no? <laughs> Lawyers love those because they make a fortune off of all the mistakes that are created. From uh, it. But getting it done properly and quickly, especially with a simple situation like that, um, there's definitely ways that it can be done properly. But nobody, nobody ever recommends those will kits or anything. Okay, like. well, I've never been in a position to use one, so I wouldn't know. So I'll take your advice on that and definitely not recommend that in the future. <laughs> Yeah, no, not not good, not good ways of doing it. But it's it's one of those things that it's just okay. You get into the habit. This is one of the things. It's kind of like you do your taxes. Nobody likes doing them, right? <laughs> but you 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 get it done, and you just get into the habit, and all sorts of things can change. Like it takes us forty weeks to build a baby. That's less than a year. Baby changes the changes the world an awful lot. It sure does. So, were there any positive money lessons that you learned? Growing up watching your mom have to learn to be frugal and creative? Um, Yeah, I mean, I certainly learned the importance of living within your means. Um, You know, that you don't have to have things of whatever caliber to, you know, the whole keeping up with the Joneses. Um, As much as, you know, I wanted a pair of Keds instead of a white canvas shoe from Kmart. At the end of the day, did it really matter? Not really. It taught me that, you know, it's not all about that. It's about who you are and what you believe and what you represent, not what's on your body or in your home or what kind of handbag you're carrying. You know, it certainly made me very humble, which I appreciate. It make, It's definitely part of the fabric of who I am. Well, and there's so many people, that, which is a very, very good lesson. Like, um, I didn't grow up wealthy at all either. Like, we always had food on the table and a roof over our heads and stuff like that. But 
when I was growing up in, in rural Alberta, it was very, very tight. Mm. And a lot of my friends were that way, too. But then you see all these kids that think it's the end of the world if they don't have, like, a Michael Kors bag or all of this stuff. And I'm going, are you freaking kidding me? Like, how shallow and sad is your life that the only joy and self-worth you get out of is pointless material possessions? My favorite thing is when I'm out somewhere and, you know, some event or whatever, and someone's like, oh, I love that those earrings or that shirt or whatever it is. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I got it at Walmart. (laughs) You know, I'm like, it's my favorite. Oh, it's from Joe fresh. Yeah. I got a great deal on it and it's so comfortable. I got it for $10. Can you believe it? Like, I love that. And that, you know, it quite often takes people off guard, but a lot of times they're like, that's amazing. Good for you. You know, I don't, I do a lot of shopping at those places because you know, there's, great stuff that just because it's from you know walmart or something doesn't mean it's not fashionable or it's not you know sometimes you just got to go through the weeds a bit and find the little flower but well and 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 things are talking about fashion and 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 stuff like that well one of the biggest problems we have in our world right now is all this fast fashion like it used to be i'm when i don't i don't know how old you are but when i was a kid there was like four seasons for clothes and that was it now, like, H&M is bringing in new stuff at least once a week, yeah. sometimes twice a week, and because people always have to be buying more. And then they end up with all these clothes that they don't have space for, they never wear, it's out of style in three weeks, and the stuff can't even be donated because there's so much stuff going on. It's become such a problem that, Fran- that France just passed a law that um, clothing stores can no longer just throw away the clothes that they don't sell anymore. Oh, that's good. I know the um, disposable clothing thing that's going on. I mean, there's just landfills full. And even third world countries are like, stop donating clothes. We don't need clothes. We need water. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a ton of clothes that we can't use, can't wear. And well, the third world countries that are making them, they're not being made in good in good situations. The people are being treated poorly. Like, what was it in Indonesia six or seven years ago, where like close to a thousand people died in a clothing factory that was supplying like H and M and Gap and all of that because it was just horrible. And the poisons from the from the dyes, and then it's going into their water and just because people always have to have the latest and greatest, the newest and the disposable stuff. Yeah, I definitely believe that there's certain things that you need to you invest in the quality pieces. And then you have I always have, you know, a few items that, you know, are maybe a little more trendy for now, but I end up keeping them for years. Yes. (laughs) I think that, oh, this is just in style now, but it ends up staying around for quite some time in my wardrobe anyways. Mm hmm. I've I've got a few articles of clothing that I love that. That are um, many years old. <laughs> yeah. And then I have a stepdaughter I can hand them down to. I will send stuff out to my sister pretty often. Um, you know, and we do a lot of clothing trading amongst my friends and stuff. Like, you know, just because I'm tired of it and don't feel like wearing it anymore doesn't mean a friend isn't going to be like, it's brand new to them. So I think that that's a really good thing to do with people as well is just trading items yeah and i like that 
my, my, my daughter's older now, but when she was younger and, and stuff like that, we, there was a bunch of us that had, had daughters that were staggered in age, but by like a few months. So like when they were babies and stuff, we would literally just rotate clothes. through. Yeah. Because they, they don't wear them long enough to, to wear, wear them out because they just don't grow them. So we just pass them down and, and, and we would do the same things with toys and stuff. Like, why would you want to spend all these, all this money on toys when it's like, I'm finished with this and, and like, you can have it and, and save yourself the money, the time and the grief. Yeah, totally. And reusing items, like turning them into something else. I mean, I always loved, you know, cutting up an old pair of jeans and making it into a skirt or something just because it got a hole in the knee or, uh, you know, wore thin in the inside of the leg or something doesn't mean that it's garbage. There's other things you could do with it. Yeah, I, I was, I always loved creating new things and, um, I have a, a friend that that's her business. She has a design business of, repurposing old clothes she takes them cuts the pocket off of this and sews it onto that and makes whole new pieces um out of recycled clothing and it's great that is that is awesome so to finish up here what are what are three lessons that you would want to make sure that the kids in your world know about money so that they can be successful going forward Definitely, you know, the thing that I learned as a kid, I would want them to learn as well, is being humble and living within your means and not buying things or being extravagant because that's what other people are doing. You know, do what's right for you. Um, definitely learn budgeting, how to budget and know how much money you have and know what your bills are and then know what money you can set aside and what money you have for entertainment or, you know, fun money is really important. And then the importance of investing, you know, that what do you do with that money you set aside? Where's a good place to put it? You know, is it best served in, you know, a GIC or a mutual fund or an RRSP or whatever it is? I mean, there's lots of different ways to invest and find what's going to do well for you. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. It was a lot of fun. No problem. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You too. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.